Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F. from Virginia, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, October 4th, 2016. Today we are reading from the Big Book, Chapter 11, and we are at page 153. Today's readers are Dawn D. on the 12 Steps, Diane G. on the 12 Traditions, and our readers of the text are Martha Z., Nancy R., and Jody E. Q. The reference number for Monday, October 3rd, is 9129. That's 9129. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors, and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover, through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Dawn D. to read the 12 steps. Hi, my name is Dawn D. and I'm a compulsive overeater. The 12 steps. Number one, we admit we're powerless over food, that our lives have become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory and when we are wrong, promptly admit it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overuse and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thank you, Dawn. I will now ask Diane G. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, everyone. This is Diane G. from New Hampshire, a graceful, recovered, and cured compulsive overeater. The 12 traditions, number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. 
Our leaders are for trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain for every non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you so much, and I pass. Thank you, Diane. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To to share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book, chapter 11, on page 153, paragraph 2. I will ask Martha Z to begin reading, and she'll be reading two paragraphs, and we'll focus our comments on the second paragraph, Our Hope is That When, this chip of the book. Okay, go ahead, Martha. Good morning, Katie. Thank you for your service. Uh, This is Martha Z. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater by the grace of God from near Philadelphia. It may seem incredible that these men are to become happy, respected, and useful once more. How can they rise out of such misery, bad repute, and hopelessness? The practical answer is that since these things have happened among us, they can happen with you, should you wish them above all else and be willing to make use of our experience. We are sure they will come. The age of miracles is still with us. Our own recovery proves that. Our hope is that when this chip of a book is launched on the world tide of alcoholism, Defeated drinkers will seize upon it to follow its suggestions. 
Many, we are sure, will rise to their feet and march on. They will approach still other sick ones, and fellowships of Alcoholics Anonymous may spring up in each city and hamlet, havens for those who must find a way out. Good morning, my friends in recovery. I was trying to think about how I was going to relate my own experience to this, and I was remembering that every time I read this, I thought that there was a misprint here that it was supposed to be ship of a book because we were talking about, you know, being launched and tides and and so I, you know, I kept looking at my other books and it and it it had always said ship and so one day I was listening and um people were talking about ship and they were talking about, you know, small like fragments and slivers and anyway, so I just I find it funny because I, you know, I thought that that had to have been a misprint. So anyway, um, I was thinking about it, and when I was looking at it, I was thinking about how um, how humble they were because they were they were saying, you know, this is only a small thing. I mean, this this problem of alcoholism is so huge, and this is only a small thing. But there, you can see that they're really hopeful because they're they're talking about. They're foreshadowing and they're saying, you know, about the fellowship springing up and in each city and hamlet, havens for those who must find a way out. And um, anyway, this book was written to help people who wouldn't come into contact with other um, alcoholics. They, they wouldn't come into contact with the people that had written the book. So it was an instruction manual. And um, anyway, so... Um, I just I find it amazing because um let me see I'm trying to get my thoughts together here I'm sorry. Um they oh I know what I was going to say. Um they in the AA uh second edition the forward to the second edition it talks about AA growing by leaps and bounds. So they you know they had this hope that something was going to happen with this and I am so grateful that um that um you know how many years seventy some years later um we're able to benefit from its um good instructions so thanks for letting me share pass thank you martha who would like to share on this uh second paragraph that was read chris t chris, chris t. t okay linda d linda d carol g larry uh, Tina, Tina S. S. Carol G. Lynn S. Lynn S. Tina S. Okay, Larry J. Okay. Okay, um, anybody else? Okay, let's go with those six. I have Chris T., Linda D., Larry K., Tina S., Carol G., and Lynn S. Okay, go ahead, Chris T. Good morning, everybody. This is Chris G. as in girl. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, in Connecticut, recovering. Um, thank you, everybody, for being here. And uh, I'm just so grateful. I'm just so filled with this program. And I'm reading this paragraph. And um, for the first time, I can sit and read the paragraph with you instead of just listening. And as I'm looking at it, I can see in two places it says, Defeated, de- defeated drinkers will seize upon it. And then it says, 
havens for those who must find a way out. And so those two, the defeated drinkers and the who must find a way out is, is telling me that, you know, there is only one way in this program. It's through the gift of desperation. And I am just so grateful, so grateful that I was defeated and that I knew I had to find a way out because the alternative of not finding a way out for me was surely a shortened life, was surely more self-pity, uh, more, more victimhood, more, more isolation, uh, more disconnection from, from the world, uh, more judgment about the world. And I am just so grateful today. As I said yesterday, I see the world with new eyes. And I really considered myself to be quite an insightful person before, but heck, that didn't help me. You know, it's this program that helps me, these words. And, you know, when I first read this paragraph with you, I'm like, oh, there's not too much in there. But those two really stood out to me. There's every line of this book is packed with with instruction and I am just so grateful that you my teachers have taught me how to read it and how to um, be blessed and, and work it into my life in an active way so thank you all have an awesome day and um, may we all be blessed and pay it forward take care I pass thank you Chris G and now we'll have Linda D and then Larry K Good morning. It's Linda D in Connecticut. Um, I think the thing that um, jumps out at me is the urgency of this paragraph. Um, I am one who must find a way out to this day, and I have. Um, and I never noticed this before. I didn't jump out at any rate. But it's essential that I seize the suggestions. They call them suggestions. They're so much more than that. And uh, I have to seize it, and, uh, and they're talking about rising to your feet and marching on. This is a little army that saved my life. And you're part of it, and you're doing it, and I'm part of it, and I'm doing it. I'm recovered by the grace of God, and I wouldn't have any way to know that. I was an atheist, and... I'm not saying this like a hysterical person. These steps work. There's a higher power, and and it's amazing. God, of your understanding, is amazing. So um, this is a very powerful, even though they use the word suggestion, everything around it is get in line and march, because this is work, and it's so, so worth it. It's changed my life. It's saved my life, and I thank you so much for your part of, of doing that. And I pass. Thank you so much, Linda D. Okay, Larry F. Larry F. Larry K. Followed by Tina S. Go ahead. Uh, hey, Katie. I've been I've been called worse. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Katie. That's <laughs> <laughs> Larry K. Recovered compulsive overeater from Chicago. Thanks, Katie, for your service. Um, yeah, this is uh, this is good stuff. This is good stuff. Um, so it. Uh, what I love here is. You know, when it talks about this, uh, this chip of a book is launched on the world tide of alcoholism, def- defeated drinkers will seize upon it and follow its suggestions. 
you know, and, and this, this shows the incredible importance of this book because this book, why, why, what, what is this book? Just this conceptual idea, you know, this fictional, you know, uh, this novel, no, these instructions, if people seize upon these specific instructions and how to work the text, how to work the steps rather, they will experience a, a, a profound change. You don't have to look far to see some people that have been brought out of the depths of misery and, and, and self-destruction and have, have uh, you know, risen to, uh, you know, to, to, uh, to a whole new life. It's, it's extraordinary. And I count myself as one of those people by the grace of God. You know, God, God did this for me. I, I just, uh, I, I, I picked up this book. How crazy is that? I picked up, you know how many books I picked up over the years? I mean, have you gravitated to the self-help section like I have? Oh, my goodness, another book. Ha, I got it. This is the one. You know, some habits of whatever, you know, some habits of highly effective eaters. You know, I, I couldn't, uh, you know, I, I kept doing the same stuff and expecting a different result. But this book, this book, who knew it would transform my life? And so here these people were when they published this book, Bill and the other early pioneers in collaboration really published this book and, they, and they, their lives had changed profoundly and they began to, to work these, you know, from the Oxford group principles that later developed into our 12 steps. Um, you know, when they began to work this practical program of action, their lives had changed. Why? Because they had a, a plan of drinking? Was it the right plan of drinking? Did they have the right sponsor that held them accountable to that plan of drinking? Was that what transformed their lives? Oh, you know that's not the case. What transformed their lives is they were brought into alignment with the higher power of their own understanding. That's what's transformed our lives. It's not my drinking plan today. It's not that I have a, a very solid plan of drinking no, I have a, 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 a change in the way that I, that I am able to be with my creator, to be aligned. It's extraordinary. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. And Tina S., you're up, followed by Carol G. Thanks for your service, Katie. Tina S., compulsive eater, anorexic in Florida. I heard some really good shares this morning. So grateful to be on the line. And Defeated drinkers, drinkers will seize upon it to follow its suggestions, you know, to follow, go after suggestions. And I just share this because every time I hear the word suggestion, I think of it, you know, these are but suggestions. That's the good news. And the bad news is it's the only suggestions we have. And, you know, by the time I'm defeated in here, you know, I have tried every other avenue. So certainly, you know, have at it, you know. And one of the things that I like to that it talks about here, it says many we are sure you know, we have no doubt once they start following these suggestions, we'll rise to their feet and march on, you know. And that's been my experience. And, you know, and I just can't stay there and be one that marches on without a purpose. You know, I have to share this thing with others. That's what has been told to me that it has, is what has been given to me. And, and I learned over the years that those who share this deal, you know, it tells me here, it says, we will provide havens. Places of safety, you know, a way out to those who are defeated. And that has happened for me. 
you know, and I'm so grateful, you know, so grateful that somebody was here to carry the message for me so that I, therefore, one day at a time, because I am by no means perfect, some days I just don't want to do the deal, you know, so those are days that aren't as good as some others can be. And, um, you know, one day at a time, I don't have to drink, eat, or do any of my obsessive compulsive behaviors that get me in real trouble, excuse me, trouble today. And so with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, um, Tina S. Carol G., you're up, followed by Lynn S., and then we'll open it up for more. Good morning. It's Carol G., Compulsive Eater, recovered for today. Thank you for the meeting. Good morning, Vision, for you. I'm laughing at myself. This chip of a book, um, here's what it says to me. It reminds me that this book is a chip off the old block. You know that old saying, you're a real chip off the old block. That's the first thing that popped into my head. And it means in my experience that whoever whoever partakes of this big book is taking a chip off the old block. What's the old block? It's the source of power, the great reality, the infinite power, God as we understand him. And I love it. Bill Wilson is amazing. What a wordsmith. I mean, I see this. And also it talked about we launched um, this chip of a book. Here we go again with that ship thing. So we had the great liner, the lifeboat, the captain's table. Now this little chip. And I could just see it. It just happened in my mind as we were reading the paragraph. I saw this bottle being launched into the great tides sending out this message into the world in a bottle. And then this poor lonely sot sitting on a lonely desert island like I was, watching this little bottle bobbing up and down, thinking, I hope there's a drink in there. <laughs> well, actually, there's something more important than, it, than a drink in there. There's this amazing message of hope. And when he talks about many are sure to rise to their feet and march on, I'm totally hearing the um, World War whatever his experience was, coming through loud and clear in these last few pages because it reminds me then of the Lady of the Lamp, that when people were injured, there was always someone there to nurse them back to health. And I'm thinking of myself being nursed back to health on spiritual legs. I'm in a fellowship. I've got a new footing. And this is amazing because there wasn't just only Florence Nightingale who brought people back to life and set them back on their feet. There's all the other people that work with her and around her that never got a mention. And that's me and you. That's all of us sharing this message, shining our light on somebody else. Look, I've got recovered and this is how I did it. And you can be part of this fantastic experience, this chip of a book, this chip off the old block from the great source of everything, the universe and God as I understand it. Seize upon it, because that's my favorite line at the moment. Seize the day, everybody. Seize the day. I'm sorry to be overexcited, but I'll pass with that. Thank you so much, Carol G. Okay, Lynn S., you're up. Good morning. This is Lynn S., a recovering compulsive overeater from Toronto, Canada. This paragraph just really landed in my heart and and you know you're thinking about these less than a hundred people and if I've done my math right it was 77 years ago that the book was published but you think of these people who have poured their heart out to us and told us how they have saved their lives and how they hope this can help you too and, and they talk about this little chip of a book and I, I just 
I think back, it's funny, I, I just think back to that time and the meetings that they had in Akron and the meetings they had, you know, just smattering around and the excitement and the the joy of recovery and uh, how they're hoping that it, you know, that, that some people may seize upon it and follow its suggestions and many, we are sure, will rise to their feet and march on. And I, I, I was just thinking about that. And then I'm thinking about me sitting at my dining room table, reading and listening with everybody, and the other perhaps 300 people on the line, and the other 2,000 and some odd, in addition to us people, in this one particular group. And then all, I've been in program since 1989, and sort of all the meetings I've gone to since then, and all the the big book studies, and all the times I've worked with a sponsor sitting and working the program diligently and, and uh, I remember hours and hours, you know, doing the fifth step and that's just me and and just, it, it's just, um, I tell you, it's it just the miracle of this recovery, the miracle of Bill and Bob, the miracle of the book, you know, thank God for Ebby and Roland Hazard. I, I just tell you this, the enormity of this experience, this thing that we call, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous, the big book and, and the, the fellowship and everything, is just, it's such an amazing gift from God. And, you know, they had no idea of how it would affect the world, and yet they kind of did because it had affected their world. And, and the people who wrote this book, they had recovered. And what better miracle was that and the fact that it's worldwide and so many people have recovered. But especially I'm thinking about our particular meeting and the amazing difference that this meeting has made in my life, just one person and all of us here together recovering because we are following the directions laid out in the book. And not only that, but we are sharing our experience, strength and hope with others so they too can recover. I'm just in awe of this miracle that we have, and with that, I pass. Thank you. And who else would like to share on this paragraph? I'd like to share. Okay. Who's this? Janice. Oh. Vasa, Janice. Okay. Anyone else? If you've just joined us, we are on uh, focusing our comments on the second full paragraph on page 153. Our hope is that when this chip of a book. Okay, Nancy R. Nancy R. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll go with those three, and then we'll move on. So, Vasa O, Janice M, Nancy R. Go ahead, please, Vasa. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Katie, for your service. And I'm Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive leader, gone from Foxborough, Massachusetts. And I'm just so grateful that uh, I was led in the 12 steps. Somebody gave me the big book. I, I, was, I just needed to change the word from alcohol to food. She said, just put us, um, just change from food, from alcohol to food. Because I remember saying, well, I'm not an alcoholic, you know. And she said, that's fine, just put food there and replace it. And that's what I did. And I'm just, I'm grateful and 
that I'm abstinent and recovered today by the, by the grace of God, not by my own, by my just by my own doing. I needed the 12 steps. I needed you, people that had gone before me, to show me the way. Um, and I, as I said, I've tried this many, many, many times over the years. I experimented. I read all kinds of books on diet, on diets. I tried, I tried to uh, read books on how to improve my life, and none of it worked till I came to the big book. It's amazing. I did not know this. Allergy. I knew the mental obsession because I couldn't stop it. So um, I learned here. I knew to, to put those foods down to be able to work the rest of the steps. And I never thought I would ever, ever get it. Um, and I'm grateful that I found the way out. And again, then change happened by working the steps one day at a time. And now I can share my experience, strength, and hope that I, what I've been so freely and so given to this program and I'm just so grateful. And, you know, there's no place I want to be today than to a meeting. It's amazing what I've learned. And it's amazing the transformation that has happened in my life over the years. I never thought I'd be the person I am today. I never drank, dreamt. I never believed. So it's just amazing, you know, that, you know, just follow the direction. The, you know, the recipe is here. The prescription is here. I remember they would say, just follow, just follow. And I would just come home and read and and just meditate on, you know, on the reading. And, of course, going to meetings and going to step meetings. And I really love the big book. You know, I mean, I love the other step books, you know, the OA and the Traditions. But my main book is the big book. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa. Janice M., it's your turn. Jan well, NCR. good morning to you, Katie F. This is Janice M. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. I don't know where to start in this paragraph. Well, first of all, this, this book uh, is so powerful. What, is it the book? What's, what's in this book that's so powerful? What's in this book that's so powerful for me, because this is my experience, is that they were co-founders, but there's a founder of this book. I believe, I mean, this is just my opinion, that it's a supernatural power that wrote this book, that gave it, that incited these two cults, these two drunks, you know, and it's the program of recovery that is the, is the principles from a higher power. That's why it works. And our hope, whose hope? Well, I'm a grateful, recovered, uh, compulsive overeater. I'm proof. You're proof. I mean, the ones that went from the hopelessness and was defeated to hope, this is what this paragraph is all about, this book. It's hope. It's a way out. Now, if you're victorious, you know, and you're, and you're you know, you, you, don't, you already have a way out, that's fine. But if you don't have a way out to this horrible disease of the mental obsession, not just for the food, 
or for you, it's the mental obsession of, of the criticisms and the resentments. Those are the mental obsessions that I have also because I have a spiritual malady. Well, let me just tell you something about what I found out through these years about the word suggestion. When Bill was writing this book and they were writing this book, um, he said, must, you must do this. Let's tell them they must do that. They must do this. And they said, no, 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 Bill, don't ever say must because, you know, drinkers are like that. They won't go for it. Oh, he said, all right. But then what he did is, if you notice, he sneaks in the word must. <laughs> um, that's the little story uh, of the word suggestion. And, you know, I like this. Many we are sure. Imagine when you're so sure, you have assurance galore. I'm so sure that the night's going to come and the day's going to follow it. I'm sure, you know, um, because of the higher power. Rise to their feet. Well, I know about me. I was a living dead. I mean, really, I was a living dead. All I did was, you know, stay with my food and that was my life. But they rise to their feet and they march. What a, what a picture. Um, and they carry the message. Those of us that are recovered carry this message of the 12 steps. And with that, I'm going to pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice. And so next we'll have Nancy R. And then I'll share. And then we'll uh, move on with the second reader, Nancy. Thank you. No. Go ahead, Nancy. Okay, thank you. I am Nancy Ira. I'm a grateful recovered compulsive overeater. And I like the way language is used in the big book. He uses a lot of archaic and uh, uh, old English words. Uh, but the first, the word chip shows a lot of humility to me. Um, to me, this is one of the greatest books that, that has ever been written. And yet uh, he, he refers to it as a just a little small thing uh, in the annals of the treatment of alcoholism. Um, uh, obesity is, is at an all-time high. And uh, what I'm able to contribute is just a very small, just like a drop in a bucket in the ocean. But it also, but after, you know, this paragraph Reminds me that I have a responsibility. If I'm able to rise, as 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 is illustrated here, if I seize upon this and I'm freed as I have been by the grace of God and the fellowship of this wonderful program, I have a responsibility to carry the message. Um, it's right here in black and white, and if I carry the message, then other people can receive what I have received. And um, that's my responsibility, not what other people do. You know, uh, there are people I, I am programmed that only attend what they call, what they perceive to be as healthy meetings. They don't go to where the sick and suffering are. But this, this is not, <clears throat> this is what I'm supposed to do according to this paragraph. I'm supposed to approach other sick ones. Even in the fellowship, I have a responsibility to carry the message. And how do I carry the message? By recovering and being an example of what God can do and has done in my life. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Nancy. And I'd like to share um, this uh, last, I'm Katie F., a recovered compulsive overeater from Virginia. Um, they will approach still other sick ones and the fellowships of Alcoholics Anonymous may spring up in each city and hamlet. 
um, havens for those who must find a way out. Well, I came back to OA in 1981, and after a couple of years, I uh, and my sister decided to move to Hawaii. And, you know, people now, I'm 56, that was decades ago, like, how did you do that? You know, how scary. And, you know, the first thing I did when I got there was I looked up Overeaters Anonymous, and I uh, did find meetings, and I did find people, and um, that was, you know, majority of my uh, people I was around for those two years that I lived there were in programs. And I'd love to say that my um, absence dates back to then. It doesn't. But I still remember um, all those people and what it was like and what a safe haven it was. Um, I moved. uh, Then I did find recovery um, in 1987. And uh, after a while, I was, you know, had finished the steps and was living in 10, 11, and 12. And my sponsor said, you know, you need to expand your spiritual life. You need to get involved with the uh, religion of your choice. And so I started going to something that was on the same night as my meeting. And I was very fearful, you know, this is my meeting night. And, you know, sure enough, another meeting started um, in my area that was on Saturdays and I could go to that. And, you know, then, uh, my life brought me to where I uh, was looking to move again, and I moved to Colorado. And again, the first thing I did was look up Overeaters Anonymous. And, you know, there's people on this line today that I met in those first weeks that I lived in Colorado in 1990. You know, I, um, this, <laughs> this just launched out um, beyond belief. And one time I was in, um, on a mission trip in Belize, and I you know, it's feeling pretty isolated. This was before um, we had cell phones and uh, the World Wide Web and FaceTime and all of that uh, technology. So I, I wasn't able to make calls. And um, I looked up AA in the phone book and some nice gentleman answered the phone at their call center or whatever it was. And, you know, he talked me off the um, the ledge of loneliness that I felt when in those weeks in Belize. So, you know, this is not just about um, some, you know, you work these steps, you lose your weight, and then you march on with your life. I mean, this is, this is a lifelong journey, and I'm so grateful. And with that, I'll pass. Okay. Um, sorry. So now we will move on to the next paragraph with Nancy R. Hi, I'm Nancy R., a grateful recover compulsive overeater. Uh, in the chapter, Working with Others, you gathered an idea of how we approach and aid others to help. Suppose now that through you, several families have adapted, adopted this way of life. You will want to know more of how to proceed from, this, from that point. Perhaps the best way of treating you to a glimpse of your future will be to describe the growth of the fellowship among us. Here's a brief account. Is that do I continue reading? Hello. Um, yes, go ahead and read that that next paragraph. Okay, years ago in 1935, one of our number made a journey to a certain western city. From a business standpoint, his trip came off badly. 
Had had he been successful in his enterprise, he would have been set on uh, set on his feet financially, which at the time seemed vitally important. But his venture wound up in a lawsuit and bogged down and bogged down completely. The proceeding was shot through with much hard feeling and controversy. Would it be possible if I jumped in? I am new. Uh, no, I'm sorry, but we um, will have Nancy R. will be uh, commenting on what she read, and then we will open it up for um, people to okay. share. Okay, thank you. Um, I'm Nancy R. Grateful with Cover Compulsive Ovider. Uh, basically, um, the paragraphs I read um, give detailed descriptions and information as to how I should proceed uh, in working with other people. Uh, there are exam- many examples are given in the book uh, because many different situations arise. So a lot of examples are given given about how people have approached other people. How uh, in the stories in the back there are examples that are given. Uh, some I can identify with, some I cannot. Uh, that's why this is considered a textbook, something that to be studied uh, for my recovery, and also uh, how to work with other people. I don't have to. Uh, pull things from the sky, the, uh, the answers I can find right in this text. And that's all I have to share. Thank you. Okay. Who would like to share on this paragraph that she read from page, the end of page 153 and 154? My name is Anita. I'd like to share. This is Lindy F. And do L. Okay, there's someone else who's trying to um, to speak. I can't get your name. Lindy. I got Lindy, Lindy S. S. And do L. And who Anita. else? Anita. Mm-hmm. Is that Anita J? Anita S. Anita S. Okay, well, let's go with those three um, for now, if, unless there's someone else. Okay, Lindy S. Duell and Anita S. Go ahead, Lindy. And Lindsay. Hi, this is Lindy S. in Upstate New York. Thank you for the opportunity to share. Um, when I heard um, this reading, I think it. I think it's. I don't have the book in front of me. I believe it's when um, Bill W. seeks out Dr. Bob. So of course, if that's correct, it's uh, completely pivotal moment in the history of AA and 12 steps, and I think it's a really good reminder for me. I try to relate the reading to my life today, and I'm in the middle of trying to move and do a lot of other things, and my spiritual malady is that I become easily, completely self-seeking and selfish and self-centered, and um, I, I also call it self-propelled, and um, and it's wonderful I have the big book because last night when I couldn't fall asleep, I keep the big book by my bed and I could read it and read the instructions and read the stories and 
calm down and get reminded of the spiritual solution. And um, and one of the best ways to get out of self is to work with others. Um, and I relate to what was said a couple minutes ago solely about the obsession of mind isn't just about food. I mean, I get really obsessed with myself and my plans, and it's not a spiritual helpful place for me. So I I agree that it's, it's important to think of others, work with others, be of service, and that might be sponsoring, but it might be I had a sponsor who said, you know, hold the door for somebody, pick up a piece of trash, say please and thank you, smile at somebody, and it's just a saner way to be, and it's not all about me today. So thank you for letting me share. Thank you so much. Okay, now we'll have Ju L followed by Anita S. Good morning. Thank you very much. Um, this is Du L, com- uh, Recover Compulsible Reader from New York. I'm going to set the timer. Um, it says here in the chapter Working with Others, you gather an idea of how we approach and aid others to help. And they're saying, yes, you know, we have that experience, we have that in the book, and we're going to show you exactly precisely how to sponsor other people, how to how to bring the message to them. But they said, you know, um, we have several families who adopted this way of life and have recovered. And so let's go way back from the beginning, right? Let's go back to our history of how the fellowship first grew. And let's look at some of those examples of, you know, what really worked, you know, in the very beginning. And, um, and then they give you this concrete example of Bill W. in 1935 where he traveled to the city. And his aim was, you know, finances. His aim was enterprise. His aim was to gather money. But as soon as he got this program, his perception changed as to what he would do with that, right? Because now it didn't matter about his enterprise and making money and all being about him. He was more about, you know, how am I going to help other people, you know, and help myself in the process, right? Because, you know, that's that's the whole work is, is to help others and help yourself in the in, interim. In and, of course, the story's going to develop that, you know, that he's going to take certain measures to develop that, you know, and how he came to that conclusion and what were the approaches that he used in order to um, bring the message yet to others and to his community and develop that relationship and that fellowship around him. Um, So I'm not going to get too much into the story because it's going to develop in the next few paragraphs, but I, I love the fact that, you know, it was about him, you know, really looking at himself and saying, hey, you know, I I need to do something different. You know, I can't go back to the drink. I can't go back to my old way of, of how I used to think things would work because they didn't work. And that's the same true for us today. You know, it's like if we look at our first step history, it doesn't work. Our way never worked. So let's try this other method. And this other method, like I said, is going to be developed in the next paragraphs. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Duel. Anita S., you're up. Good morning, everybody. Anita, recovered alcoholic and secret food addict. Have had a lifelong love affair with food, love-hate affair with food. 
hurt myself when I make myself throw up and have wanted an Overeaters Anonymous meeting, and I'm so grateful to my friends who gave me the information how to get in. I hope I'm not doing anything I shouldn't, but I've got to go back to what I heard the minute I called you was safe havens, havens for those who must find a way out. And then I just knew that was a gift from God. And then as I was listening, one lady spoke on the first paragraph something about loneliness on the ledge and how I related to that. The secret shame that I have endured for 29 years in my program, not being afraid to look at this area of my life, which is complete health. I can't have mental, emotional, and spiritual health without treating my body as the temple that it is. I'm just so grateful to be into your circle, and I want to thank you all and tell you you'll never know how you are working with others on this telephone conference. Thank you. Did I say I was from Florida? You did not, but thank you so much. Okay, thank you for sharing, and we have time for two more. Who would like to share? Leslie W. Okay, Leslie, thank you. One more. Okay, go ahead, Leslie. Okay, thanks so much. I'm Leslie, and I'm a recovering compulsive overeater. And um, I've been on this line, um, I'm, I'm from Tennessee, and I've been on this line now for about six months, and I'm learning so much. Um, you know, uh, the chapter working with others, <clears throat> I'm currently on my um, 11th step and approaching um, that that place where I need to start reaching out more. I need to start working with others so that I can keep this recovery and carry the message, which is step 12. Um, I think that I, I must have heard somebody on a Serenity Sunday um, talk about this, and he said that it really does no good for us to um, hang around the same people, hear the same things. We need to go out into our community and find the ones that are really sick, the ones that are really suffering. And when I first moved to this part of the state, the meetings here were not as strong and as they were in the previous city which I lived in. And at first, I got really down about that. And then I realized, well, wait a minute. Um, maybe I'm here for a reason. You know, maybe God has me here to strengthen, to bring strength, to raise the level of recovery in my own community. And that's what it's talking about here. You know, it's talking about reaching out. And, and not being stuck in our own circumstances because that's what this disease is. You know, it's, it's, there's, there's, there's a very, um, you know, we're driven by self. And that's why it's 
so important for me, I can only speak for myself, that's why it's so important for me to get out of myself, right, and 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 find the ones that, that really need my help because there's nothing that strengthens my recovery and there's nothing that helps me more than helping someone else. Getting out of my head, getting into someone else's head is the best way to get out of my own head. And and that's what exactly what Bill W is doing here. You know, he's 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 had some some ventures that didn't that didn't work out the way he wanted them to. And it doesn't matter what happens to us in life. We can get down and depressed about any number of things. Um, but in order to move forward, in order to recover. We have to help someone else. So that's what this paragraph means to me. And I thank you so much for the opportunity to share, and I pass. Thank you. Okay, we have time for one more. Is there someone else you'd like to share? Renee C. Okay, go ahead, Renee. Thank you, Katie, so much for your service. Good morning, fellow visionaries. This is Renee C. from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, grateful, recovering, compulsive overeater. I really love this idea of through working with others, we know how to approach and aid others to health. And uh, then the author goes on to talk about treating you to a glimpse of your future to describe the growth of the fellowship among us. This program, for me, is such an incredible miracle in, in life. And the reason that it is is because I was in programs since 1989, as others have shared. Got the physical abstinence, got some of the spiritual, but the rest of the abstinence, or the rest of, excuse me, the recovery, was kind of missing. Not kind of, it was missing. So this book and the message of hope and the instructions of how to live my life are just a gem and an incredible inspiration for me. I believe that the book was written and divinely inspired. Dr. Bob, um, Bill Wilson, you know, and the other writers of the big book uh, really were in direct contact with their higher power as they wrote this. So thank you very much for letting me share, and I will pass. Okay, thank you so much. Okay, now um, thank you to everyone who has shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Jody E.Q. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning. My name is Jody E.Q. from California, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon your 
yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.